We welcome to the studio Tracy Witter, Regional Affairs Director for PPL Electric Utilities. Uh, to be clear, they are not the folks who generate the electricity, but they bring it to you. Make sure they're all the poles and wires, and uh, I, I just think they've done a fantastic job lately uh, doing this electronic switching, I call it. We used to have, if we had a power outage up here, we knew we'd be out for a couple of hours. Now, uh, a, a two, three, four, five, six-minute outage is very common, so, uh, I mean, it when you have an outage, so and uh, we know it's uh, switching because lots of other folks still might not well, have they, power. They did it for Shemokin Dam Borough. We had an issue where we had um, major intersections go out, and I talked to uh, Tracy, and she was able to get PPL to agree to put in one of their sophisticated, high-powered switchers, which would cut out four of the six power outages we've had. You did that for him? No, for the <laughs> Borough Shemokin Dam. Welcome aboard, Tracy. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. You know, electric utilities come up so often around here. So I think we'll ask you to start at the beginning. I gave you a little thumbnail of what PPL Electric Utilities is. People may think it's just that old Shemokin Dam plant and a bunch of wires. That's that's the worst glimpse of it, really. PPL U Electric Utilities is much, much bigger now. Tell us when And they it don't is. generate. Right. Yeah, that's correct. It's good that you recognize that. So we are a company that serves 1.4 million customers throughout 29 counties in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, we pride ourselves in delivering reliable service, and I guess the recent example here of Shemokin Dam is one of those. We uh, became aware of the issue in a busy area and had our reliability engineers look into it, pulled together a team of people, and were able to install some devices um, that you referred to, smart grid right. devices. So mm -hmm. we believe these devices, the number of devices that we have in our service territory is unrivaled in the electrical distribution arena. Uh, we, since 2015, have avoided, through the use of smart grid devices, one million outages. Wow. Yes. And <laughs> we, we talked about that. And again, we think that is unrivaled in the industry. So we have a commitment to providing reliable service. I think this past year, you probably even w recognized it more. There were 42 storms throughout our 29 county service territory and our reliability scores are in the top quartile in the nation so we have very committed linemen who go out during all types of weather middle of the night to restore power uh, to those areas where the smart grid devices might have not you know been able to avoid the outage and if you know anything about PPL, you'll know that if you call their toll-free hotline number to report a power outage, they're happy to send electronic updates to you and tell you how it's going. Uh, what I love is my, my favorite is the one that at 3 o'clock in the morning when the power comes back on, they call me to tell me it came back on. <laughs> I, I kind of know it came back on, <laughs> but I appreciate it nonetheless. That's the 1-800-DIAL-PPL number? Right. right. You can also get a text message sent to you. So we've really um, improved over the past few years how we communicate with our customers. Well, not only that, but you've also done a lot with respect to something that seems so simple and mundane, and that's tree trimming. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you brought that up. So in addition to the technology that we've used, we have a aggressive, we call it our vegetation management program. And while it's sometimes not the most popular with our customers, <laughs> we want to emphasize that the number one cause 
of outages is trees falling on lines. And since 2011, when we started with a very methodical tree trimming program, we've seen a 30% reduction in outages as just a result of the tree trimming. So couple that with smart grid devices, and you can see why we're in the top quartile in the United States for reliability. Well, and you encourage municipalities at the same time to do the same thing. If the uh, trees are on their right of way and are approaching, we did the Monroe Township did a yeoman's job on County Line Road, making sure that trees just weren't near the wires, even if they weren't in PPL's uh, area. So that that it's important that you did that. If someone hears a a global conversation, not a local conversation, says, "Well, our electric grid is aging. It's vulnerable." It's, you know, it's outdated. It doesn't have enough capacity. You're here to tell us that that's not true locally. Right. Locally, um, in fact, I was at a conference last week for the Pennsylvania Township Supervisors Association in Hershey, and I sat in on a session from the Department of Environmental Protection, DEP, and they were talking about electric vehicles. And one of the first things that he... um, tried to dispel was that the grid is not ready. So he just sort of across the state said it's ready, but I can specifically speak to PPL and kind of going back to those investments we have made in technology and infrastructure. So when you see our teams out there and contractors replacing wooden transmission poles with the steel monopoles, know that that is to improve your reliability. They're much more resistant to wind and weather. Um, Every time we do a restoration project like that where we're upgrading the lines, we're also upgrading the cables at the same time. So we monitor our capacity and our reliability on a daily basis, and we are very well prepared for the additional load that we might see from electric vehicles specifically. Well, one of the things that's made the news recently, just in the last day or so, has been a proposed $32 rate increase for electricity. A PPNL does not control the amount of um, cost for the actual power you distributed to us, and you have a set cost for that. But over and above that, and that's where the price increase is coming in, isn't it? It's not through distribution, it's through the power itself. Right, Joe. So if you look at your electric bill, you can see there's one portion is energy, the other portion is distribution. Our distribution rate is what we can control, and that price has not changed. What's changed, and it changes every six months, we go to auction for energy prices. And that is the component, the cost of energy that PPL, we cannot we cannot control that. That is determined by market conditions such as inflation and specifically the rising cost of natural gas. We are bringing the best price that we can get to our customers at no profit to PPL. There is no markup on that cost. The good news is that in Pennsylvania, prices, you know, that at least with electric, you have the option to shop and not pay that price. So we're trying to share with our customers, go to papowerswitch.com and you can enter, see where you live, what providers you have and get a lower rate than what we call our price to compare, which is our default rate. And again, we make no profit off of that rate. You just pass the power on. 
with no markup. Correct. Right. But the the problem that I see with that is that there's so many offers, and, and it's a great idea. I, I, I was talking to her before we started the program. I do shop for electricity, and I've switched my providers quite a few times. But I noticed the last time, I, I can't find a way if I go back. If you actually have a better price, I can't figure out how to go back to PP&L paying your default price. Yeah, the best thing to do is just to call us. Call 1-800-DIAL-PPL, and we can we can help you with but that. But you're not one of the deals. You know, there ought to be a little bar there that says return to PPL. Yeah. <laughs> Base price. An escape button. <laughs> but, but seriously, how many – I was astounded to read in the paper, I think, or maybe I heard it on the radio, how few people actually do shop for electricity. Yeah, I think the people that take our default rate is somewhere in the 60, 60 63%. Yeah. So, you know, we encourage people to do – that we're lucky that we live in a state state that's been deregulated and people can shop for their electricity and how much can people save if they do shop for electricity well I think it just depends I mean Joe here he said he shops for his I think it's a good few couple cents you know right now we're gonna be at uh, 13 cents so I just locked in I think 10.5 for a year okay so that was maybe a month ago I did that so Joe's a nerd though he's not a typical (laughs) customer I mean he literally collects coins it's not that not that hard it's not that hard I know we shop for electricity as well (laughs) what about uh, certain brokerages like Ambit do you have a a recommendation or a a not recommendation for something like that it might be the kind of thing you might not have an opinion specifically well we don't give specific recommendations we just ask you to look at the terms you know whether it's a variable rate or fixed rate and make sure there's no cancellation fees and that goes for everybody right. not just right. that so go named. again PA, PA power switch yeah PA power switch spells out right on the offer what the terms are and whether or not there's a fee for early cancellation and if there is what that fee is i mean if you can read you can figure this out it's not that hard but you know you you've tried to get people to do this what do you think their hesitancy is i think they it's just one one more thing they feel like they have to manage. You know, it's a time issue. But again, if if it's important enough to you to save three or four cents a kilowatt hour, I think that I, we we encourage it. We can save a hundred bucks a year, or so right. it really adds up. I, you know, when we shop for electricity, you know, and I, I've gone through a lot of different machinations of this. We know we're saving because a lot of the places would say if you had stayed where you were, you'd still be paying this. So it, it really pays off. But may, let me ask you this question: the thirty people are going to see that thirty-two dollars likely price increase. They are not the people who have shopped for electricity. If they've locked something in, that's not going to change, right? That's right. That's right. So if you already are shopping and you have a lower rate than what we call our price to compare, which is this default rate we're talking about, your, your costs are going to stay the same. Because again, our distribution charge has not changed. We have to go to the PUC, the Public Utilities Commission, to request an increase to that. And we haven't done that in years. What does PPL want us to do? Do you want us to conserve electricity or use more? Yeah, we really encourage people. <laughs> Why? To, well, <laughs> uh, you know, we, they don't we're generate looking, it. <laughs> right. Well, we're looking out for the best for our customers. And I tell people all the time to go to our website, and it's called savewithppl.com. And my favorite part about that landing page is it says 80 tips to saved energy, and they're divided by categories. So right now, you might want to look at the cooling categories with the summer months coming. And there are some very simple things you can do to save money. So every time you decrease your air condition your increase your air conditioner temperature by one degree you'll save two percent on your energy bill just 
the other simple thing to do is to set your water heater to 120 degrees. That one simple thing, you can save a lot of money on your energy bill. So we have a variety of tips there to help people. Of course, LED, all LED bulbs, turning off lights when you're not in a room, fans. We always say fans, ceiling fans, cool people, not rooms. So turn <laughs> them off when you're not in the room. So we Save. What's the website again? It's save with PPL. Com. What about people who are installing um, solar panels on their roof? And are you getting much uh, electricity that you have to buy back from people under those circumstances? Uh, we're starting to see that increase. I can tell you that the number of installs, the number of residential homes and businesses, particularly in this region, is high. And I think that's because there's a lot of land and uh, But we are well prepared for that. Again, I think we see ourselves as the utility of the future. We have what we call distributed energy resource management. So that's a system that we have engineers that monitor every day the two-way power flow that's now we're seeing. So before it was just one way. Now with solar, we have a two-way power flow. So we're monitoring all of that. Um, and we're making sure that our systems are prepared in terms of a backup. So if you think about Hawaii, do you remember hearing about all the brownouts in Hawaii? Sure, in California too. Right. So what happened is they had so much solar, you know, they have a lot of sunshine. And then on a cloudy day, their systems, their infrastructure wasn't built to withstand being, say, the backup when their solar wasn't able to generate power to then all these homes were tapping into the system and they weren't prepared. We believe we are very well prepared for any type of situation like that. Oh, fantastic. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we're going to keep talking to Tracy Witter, Regional Affairs Director for PPL, highly informed on what the utility's been up to. PPL Utilities is the wires and poles and all those electronic switching devices, and they do have a fee that they charge folks to, to take electricity from the generators and give it to you, but they've been preparing for all kinds of eventualities and dealing with these solar hookups, and you see more of the solar fields around here these days, and there's more coming. Electricity Electricity. Every room can now be lit with just a electricity. All right, yeah, we we thank the Tennessee Valley Authority for hooking up everybody to every room. Shocking how Kevin finds this. Uh, what? <laughs> what? 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 Yeah. All right, thank you. Uh, Smart Grid. We're talking about that with Tracy Witter, Regional Affairs Director at PPL. Uh, we touched on it off mic. This idea that outages are shorter, and uh, you used to see PPL crews driving up and down County Line Road looking up uh, at the wires, looking for a broken wire, you don't have to do that as much anymore. Right. With those smart grid devices I was talking about earlier, it identifies exactly the location of an outage. So our linemen, just the time that they save there um, helps decrease the length of your outage because they can go right to where the problem is. And they use they have laptops in their vehicles. So And that finds it that they can track it that way. Let's talk about electric vehicles. Joe had an article that he brought in about a decade old article talking about how we just can't handle electric vehicles. If everybody gets an EV we'll be in big trouble. Uh, PPL is ready to say you're here for anybody that wants to get an electric vehicle. Yeah, we, um, we have a very robust transmission and distribution system that will allow the support and the growth of electric vehicle use um, so that people can charge those. 
And again, all of the updates we've made to our infrastructure and to the technology, we are prepared and ready in terms of capacity and reliability to serve those customers. And so it's, uh, in many cases, it's not a 24-7 surge. It's like everybody plugs in the vehicle at the same time. People use a lot of electricity during the day for their lives and industries and businesses and so on, and then at night for charging vehicles. So this is just going to kind of round out the clock. Yeah, that's one thing that's being discussed is time of use, we call it. So um, there's still discussions about time of use rates. So we'll probably, again, can't predict into the future what will happen, but there's been discussions about making sure that we encourage our customers to charge at, at night. Well, we're all familiar with miles per gallon. What are we going to do here, miles per kilowatt? So the way that we're trying to explain this to our customers is that if you have an, EV, an electric vehicle and it's the size of, the comparison is if it's the size of a Honda Civic or a Chevy Volt, which I drive for PPL, it will be the equivalent of about $1.25 a gallon to charge the vehicle. And that's based on the average cost and they're saying the average cost is 14 cents per kilowatt hour. Well, ours is going to be effective June 1st, 12 cents. So it's still below the average cost. And you can get it for less expensive if you shop around. <laughs> That's right. So so you're still saving money in the long run for an electric vehicle. They tend to cost more. I don't I know. I was if you can afford the $60,000, $75,000 to buy one. Well, they're only about $10,000 more per car now. So, yeah, 60 is a, is a Tesla, but you can get a you can get a Chevy Volt for 30 something. Yeah. So, I mean, if you wanted to, if, if you wanted to go that route. And fortunately, it's a new technology. But as this grows, PPL says we're here to help handle this. Yeah, so I'd like to just explain to um, your listeners how this would work. So if you're an individual and you say, I want to purchase an electric vehicle. So you're going. your first thoughts are, where am I going to charge it? So the first thing you might think of is, I need to charge it at home. So the PPL's role in that is... You need to call and let us know, just as if you were adding additional load to your home, buying a new heat pump, installing central air. A major consumer kind of thing. Right. You're at increasing your load. So what we would do is if you called our 800 number, 1-800-DIAL-PPL, we would have one of our technicians see how much you're currently using per month, make an estimate of what you will be using by adding this additional load, and then we will perhaps need to update your transformer that serves you, or maybe you have an old meter base. So it's you don't have to call us, but it's probably a good idea. If you start if you don't call us and you start to see your lights dim, there's probably an infrastructure upgrade that we could make. Well, won't you have to have changes inside your house too? Somebody, an electrician will have to come in and put in a new web breaker or Well, again, that's what we will assess. And if we have to make upgrades to our equipment, that's of no cost to the customer. So it's best to call us ahead of time versus if you call us after you're experiencing problems. But you do need, there. my understanding is there's two different levels, or three different levels of chargers. So first is called level one. We have all this information on our website, by the way. If you go to pplelectric.com and just search for electric vehicles, we have a page that talks about the three levels of charging stations. The first charging station is simple. You just plug it into a regular yeah, outlet. Yeah, 110. Yes. But most people, the, the downside to that is that it takes a longer time to charge the vehicle. 
So if you have a hybrid like I do, which is the Chevy Volt, it runs on gasoline and a charge. And once the, char- once the charge is depleted, then it runs on gasoline. That on a level one charging station is like eight to 25 hours to charge. So most people, what they're probably gonna do is say, I need to install a level two charging station in my home and or a business location. And that's what I use at PPL, we have one of those. And that only takes about one to three hours for a hybrid. It takes longer, four to eight. And it's 220. It is 220. So now they, they cost- Like your a, dryer or a big air conditioner. Right. So they cost about $1,000 to install that level two. Level three is the public stations you see. Now, at this <clears> point, PPL is not involved in installing charging stations. We're letting the free market and industry dictate that. However, we are here to help with that because you'll need a power source to those public stations. For example, at Buckhorn, there's a Tesla charging station that we helped with. We helped get power to that station for them. So that is PPL's role. Our role is to make sure we have the infrastructure and we get the power that you need to your charging stations. All right, and you are gearing up, doing work, planning, hoping for, and, and hooking folks up as as needed. We, yeah, again, we're the utility of the future. We have a working tax force who is, who is looking at this exact exact topic daily and, you know, making sure that our website has up-to-date information well, you know, when, when we pump gas, we're all familiar with the uh, digital counter going up as we put more gas in and telling us what the cost is. How is that going to work with a charging station, a commercial charging station, as far as you know? I, I'm not well-versed in the technology of how that will work. I think, you know, the, we're going to see a lot of development in the free market just with these charging stations, and the cost of it isn't determined yet. Anything else you'd like to tell us that you'd like to add? We didn't ask. (laughs) No, I just want to reiterate to our customers that we care about our customers. We want to make sure you have reliable power and to please shop for that energy portion of your bill. All right. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming in. I had asked, uh, what's what's the average home? What's the power uh, consumption of the average home uh, or the uh, incoming service? I thought it was 200 amps, and everybody said, no, that's too high. What's average? Well, it's I, the average use is 1,000 kilowatt hours per month. Okay. And what about the average service on a home, if you happen to have that? You don't know that by, <laughs> by heart. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, It had to do with this electric vehicle conversation that we were having. I thought that the average home had 200 amp services, but everybody told me well, that's too high. Anybody with well, an electric dryer has to have at least 220 coming through the door. Right, yeah. 220, yeah. but that's separate. <laughs> right. You were going to say one more sentence? No, no, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, please come back, Tracy. Fascinating yes, information. I, I really, yeah, it's great. I, I find this of great interest and would have 100 more questions if you did come back and we could reiterate some of the progress in the areas you've spoken about Tracy Witter, Regional Affairs Director for PPL.